We are continuing our study in the I Am's of Jesus. We have been in the truth out of John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And as we got into this study, I, I said, if you were following these, that I was going to intentionally skip the resurrection and the life. And I was going to pick it up in John 14 with him saying, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, that's where we're going today, is we're going to look at the resurrection and the life, in particular the resurrection, and we're going to look at it as it applies to Israel, the nation Israel. We're going to start there, and then we're going to expand this study out. I'm, I'm actually not sure how many weeks we will be in to the resurrection and life. Now, as we start there, I want us to consider a scripture in John 5 before we turn to John 11. John 11 will probably be our text for some time, but in John 5, Jesus said to the Jews in verse 38, it's written in verse 38, you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. Now, Jesus said, the scriptures testify of him. This isn't the only place he says that. It's also in Luke's gospel, Luke 24, that the law, the prophets, and the Psalms are concerning him. And I want us to really consider this as we look at the resurrection and the life that is concerning him. I want it to be in our heart and our mind. Now, now it concerns us as we have to do with him. It, it actually concerns all creation, but it concerns the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection and the life. And he told the Jews that they would not come to him that they may have life. They would search the scripture, but they wouldn't come to him. It just brings to my heart that, that even many believers, even many believers who have received him, search the scripture not to see Jesus, but they search the scripture to understand the mark of the beast or to understand the end of the world. And they look at, at news clippings. Many times believers go to the news clippings and they say, well, the end of the world is upon us or this is upon us because this is happening out in the world. But Jesus said the scriptures testify of him. So our main focus of looking at scripture should be to see Jesus and understand them in relationship to him. That should be our main focus. And I really wanted to set this out here as we get into this study, because I may say some things here that you've not heard before. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. And I'll ask you if I do that you search them out, go to the scripture. I'll send you nowhere else, but to the Lord himself and to the scripture, 
My heart is that we understand the truth that's in Christ. And I'm willing to reject any doctrine I've been taught, anything I've been taught from a child to know the Lord. That's my heart. And that's my heart for his people that we will come to such a place that we would know the Lord. Well, let's get into this study. John 11, start at verse 20. And I would suggest you read the whole chapter and we'll see in the coming weeks uh, how much of this uh, we, we look at. But for the start of this, let's, let's start at John 11, verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Had Jesus been there, that's what Martha was saying. And, and if we look at this and consider this, we know this is the story of Lazarus and that Lazarus had died. And Jesus waited four days. We know that in this story. If we've read this, four days, he Lazarus laid in the tomb for four days. And... On in verse 22, Martha says, But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. So she confessed him. And if you notice what Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Now, that's, that's something that has to affect our understanding, that we who believe in him never die. I didn't say your bodies, your physical body doesn't die, but you don't die. He's your life. And, and we're going to carry this on, like I said, in the coming weeks. But Christ is our life. I want to clarify that. When we become believers, we don't get life someday. We have life. Apostle John writes that, and we're, we're going to look at, one of the scriptures here in a moment that he writes that in, but he says that we have passed from death unto life. And in these studies we've been in, we've shown that in the old man all were dead, and now we're made alive in Christ. See, that's what he's done. He's raised us up in himself. But like I said, I want to, to bring something out here in this sharing for us to consider in terms of old Israel. Jesus, when Jesus is speaking to Martha, where does Martha get this from? That the dead are going to raise in the last day. Now, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. 
Well, she gets this from, if, if we read her Bible, she would get this from Daniel. And we have to consider for a moment that when Martha made these statements, the Gospels and the New Testament scriptures have been written. So all the words that Paul wrote in terms of resurrection hadn't been written at that point. So Martha was getting her understanding of the resurrection, I would believe primarily from Daniel, maybe Ezekiel, or Isaiah, and some of so from the prophets, from the Old Testament. And in the book of Daniel 12, if you turn back to Daniel 12, and I'm going to read here in Daniel 12 out of uh, two, two translations. It says in Daniel 12, at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands watch over your people will rise up. There will be a time of distress, the likes of which will have not occurred from the beginning of the nations until that time. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. And many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, but others to shame and everlasting contempt. Then the wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up these words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will roam to and fro, and knowledge will increase. So, so here is Daniel speaking of the dead being raised. And I said, I'm going to read this in two translations. I want to read this also out of the Young's Literal Translation. And, and Young's Literal says, And at that time, stand up doth Michael, the great head who is standing up for the sons of thy people. And there have been a time of distress and there have been a time of distress such as have not been since there have been a nation till that time. And at that time do thy people escape everyone who is found written in the book. And the multitude of those sleeping in the dust of the ground do awake some to life age during and some to reproaches to abhorrence age during. And those teaching do shine as the brightness of the expanse, and those justifying the multitude as stars to the age and forever. And thou, O Daniel, hide the things and seal the book till the time of the end. Many do, do go to and fro, and knowledge is multiplied. What stood out to me here is Michael. Michael. And at that time, Stand up to Michael. At that time, Michael, the great prince who stands watch over your people. So Michael, I looked up the word Michael and the definition of that word. And I'd, I'd probably never, ever done that before, but I did today. And in the definition of the word Michael, it says, who is like God? <laughs> An angel. Also, a number of ISR, and I'm assuming that's Isaacar, and that may not be right. But who is like God? This really stood out to me, and it really stood out to me in the translation, uh, the Young's Literal Translation, the great head. There's only one great head of the body, and that is Christ. And there's only one that has ever been the express image of God, and that is Christ. And at that time, stand up to Michael, or who is like God, 
Well, that to me would be none other than the Lord Jesus. And I believe it's speaking of his resurrection from the dead. That's what he said. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, as I say this, when Jesus came, he came to the lost sheep of Israel. He came under the law. So his words were in accordance to the scripture that had been written, to the what the prophets had declared, what Daniel had declared, what Ezekiel had declared, what Isaiah had declared. That was the context of Jesus' words. Now, I know they apply to the whole, to the whole universe because he's God. And I know that, but when he came, he came as a man born under the law to fulfill the law. In fact, he said, I have not come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill it. So he came as the fulfillment of the law. Like we started, search the scripture. They testify of him. The scriptures speak of Jesus Christ. So when Daniel makes this prophecy, when he, when he writes the book of Daniel, it's in relationship to Jesus Christ, if we understand it. Glory to the Lamb of God. So in John 1, it says he came to his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God even to those who believe, and you got to mark that, who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, here's the separation. These that believe on his name are not born into the physical house of Israel, but they are born into the spiritual house of Israel. And I'll just leave that there. But those that believe on his name are born of God and have the right to become children of God, have been given the privilege to be children of God. Those that receive him, believe in him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And I believe that the resurrection deals with that, that he raised up man, you could say, out from the law in order to receive him. He's the resurrection. He brought all things to himself. In fact, in John, in one place in John, he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. And he spoke in the manner in which he would die. And he gathered up all mankind that had ever lived and was ever going to live on the face of the earth. And he brought it to himself. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. What he brought it from was that old covenant. Before he came, those in covenant with God were locked up under the law, locked up in Adam. When he came, he brought man to himself that those who believe would come to his life. Now, that's what Jesus did. That's what the Bible teaches. He says of himself that all power is given to me in heaven and earth. 
and you can study the scripture on all power being given, and you can find in the Old Testament that power was given to Adam, that Adam had authority in the earth, but what's unique, he didn't have authority in the heavens. At least I don't see it in the scripture, and I'm open to seeing it, but Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he had all power, all authority in heaven and earth. Also, also, if we can hear this, the law no longer was the authority over man. Jesus is. Jesus is. He that hath the Son have life, not he that keepeth the law, but he that hath the Son have life. He that have not the Son have not life. And how we become the righteousness of God is we believe in Christ Jesus. He is our righteousness. And I'm telling you, by believing in him, you'll come to a place where you want the works of God to be done in you. You want the life of God to be expressed through you because you're in relationship with Christ Jesus the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So he that hath the Son hath life. Now, now I believe all this deals with the resurrection that they'll stand in their lot at the last day. And, and Hebrews 9 says, Hebrews 9 says, once in the end of the world, the King James, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Now, I could call that the last day, the end of the world. Well, if I, if I look at Hebrews, that end of that world was when Jesus came and died on the cross. That's what the writer says. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, and that is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So he took the appointment of death for every man, and he ended that world. So... Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear a second time without sin unto salvation. So, so that world, that age, that period of time, and that's what this word world means, age, a period of time, it came to its completion. That's why he said, I haven't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. He was its fulfillment. Everything the law of Moses spoke of, Jesus was the fulfillment of it and the end, the completion. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. It was completed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's actually what this word means. I'm looking it up as I'm speaking to you. It's a Greek word, 4930 in the Strong's, and it means entire completion, that is consummation. Once in the entire completion of the world, he appeared. Galatians says that. When the fullness of time comes. See, see, stand in your lot until that time comes. Well, that time is Christ. When he came, it came to its end that those that believe on him would come to life. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. There's so many things I want to say here in John 5, John 5, 
goes right with Daniel. Turn with me to John chapter 5. John 5. And then after that, we'll, Ezekiel 37. Just want to throw this out. But John 5 verse 19 says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Now we'll stop right here for a moment. The first one the Father raised, I know he naturally raised Lazarus, but who he raised out from the dead. Lazarus wasn't raised out from the dead. He was raised again. He was still Lazarus. He wasn't in the body of Christ, if you could hear that. Jesus is who the Father raised out from the dead. He quickened him. Even so, the Son quickens whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but have committed all judgment unto the Son. And we've already said that, really. He that hath the Son hath life. He quickens whom he will. He that hath the Son is quickened, has come to life, and he that have not the Son have not life. That, see, honey, that's a, that's a judgment. All judgment's not bad. A good judgment is you have the Son and you have life. And that all depends on the resurrection himself on Christ Jesus the Lord. Verily, verily, I say to you, I skipped a verse. It says, for the Father judges no man, but have committed all judgment to the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honored not the Son, honored not the Father, which have sent him. And I believe that deals with believing on him. Because that's what the Jews didn't want to do. They didn't want to believe on him. They wanted to stay in a works-based religion and believe in themselves. I don't even know that they were honoring the Father anyway. I, well, by the scripture, most of them were not. Verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Now, man, that's, that's a lot to get a hold of because we are waiting to get into life or waiting to pass from death. You know, I grew up with hearing people talk about the chilly hands of Jordan and passing over this Jordan. I heard, I heard that as a kid. I, I heard people talk about it. Well, the passing from death to life is a person. It's Jesus Christ. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I don't come into condemnation through him. I, I come into life through him. I pass from death through him. See, if I don't receive him, I'm already dead. And I believe that's what the one scripture means, twice dead, good, plucked up, good for nothing. Because we died in Adam. And Jesus said, if he be lifted up from there, if he draw all men unto himself, he drew all men in his death. 
so glory to God, there in his death, all men, I believe, had to die because Jesus said they did. So there, so if I don't come to his life, I believe I'd be twice dead and good for nothing. Good for nothing. I'm unprofitable to God because the life of Christ isn't in me. That's why I'm good for nothing. I, I'm unprofitable. Because what makes me profitable is when the riches of the glory of God are in me and they come in me through the person of Jesus Christ. When I receive him, I pass out of death, the death that was in the old man, the death of Adam, and I come into his life. That's what we come into is his life. And I may not have all this just right, but I know he is the life. I know that. Glory to the Lamb of God. And I know that in him I have passed out of death, out of Adam, and I'm in life right now. I'm not waiting someday to get in life. Jesus said, he that believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Well, you, you could say, well, Brother Wayne, I see people die physically all the time. And they do. People physically die. But that's right. But they don't stay in death, or, or, or they're not in death. They physically, their bodies die. Let me say that better. Their bodies die. People's bodies pass all the time. But those that are in Christ do not, you know, right now they have Jesus, and then they go back to the dead, and then someday they'll have life again. That's not how it works. He that hath the Son hath life. He has life eternally. Jesus is life. And it is that life that we have been raised into. Raised up, seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we've been raised up out of the old man into the life of the new man. Glory to God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Now, Jesus said, now is. It ain't, it ain't, he didn't say someday the dead's going to hear the voice of the Son of God. He said, now is the time when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear, those that believe, those that receive him, shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so have he given to the Son, to have life in himself and have given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. Marvel not at this for the hours coming in which all that in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now I want to stop you right there too. Is Jesus talking about doing good under the law? Because Apostle Paul goes back to one of the Old Testament scriptures and he, and he shows that there's none righteous, no, not one, according to the law. That none of us are righteous according to the law. So what is the good that we would do if it's not the works of the law? Well, it's to believe on him. That's what Jesus Jesus says to them when they ask him what works would they do and he tells them 
This is the work of God in John 6, uh, verse 28. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. This is the work. That's the good. And see, the Jews had, uh, many of them, an evil heart of unbelief. Many people in the world today, they won't believe God. They won't receive him. See, see that's how you stand in the good, is you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and wicked works of unbelief is you don't receive him, because He's the one that transforms us and brings out of us sweet water. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He does this. This is his work within us. So how we enter into that is we receive him. That's the good. And if I don't receive him, if I refuse God, if I refuse to believe on him, then I have an evil heart of unbelief. I believe the word of God is that simple, and that's in the book of Hebrews 3, where it talks about them departing from the living God through an evil heart of unbelief. And he compared it there in Hebrews 3 with the Jews not being willing to enter into the promises of God, the promise of the promised land. They wouldn't enter in. Why? Because they didn't believe God. Well, Jesus is our avenue, so to speak, to enter into God, enter into all the fullness and all the glory of God is in and through him. And I receive him. I believe in him. And see, in Ezekiel 37, verse 4, Ezekiel 37, verse 4, again, he said unto me, prophesy over these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of Jehovah. Now, what did we just read in John? Those that hear and believe. Now is the time when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. Now is the time when they hear. And see, see, this is, I believe, what Ezekiel is, is, is speaking of, is what we just read in John, that the hour hath come when the dead shall hear the voice. And he that hear my word and believeth on him that sent me have everlasting life. I believe this is what Ezekiel's speaking of, that all those that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now back here in Ezekiel 37. Thus, verse 5, thus saith the Lord Jehovah unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. That's, honey, that's what happens to us when we hear his word and believe in him, the breath of God. You know, in one place, Jesus breathed upon them and told them to receive the spirit of God. The breath of God enters us, and we come to life. And the life we come into is his life. Going on here in verse 6 of Ezekiel 37, and I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up 
flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am Jehovah. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, an earthquake and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I beheld and lo, there were sinews upon them and flesh came up and skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, prophesy to the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord Jehovah, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord Jehovah, behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come out, out of your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Man, there, there, there's so much that comes to my heart and mind here. Could their graves have been that Israel was put out of the land? That they were dispersed among the Gentiles? That they were overtaken by Assyrians, by Babylonians, and, and, and so forth? Well, well, here he says, prophesy to them his word. See, see and Jesus comes along. He says, the words are not mine but they're the words of the fathers, that, that he's speaking the word of God, that, that he speaks what God had declared in him. And, he, and, and Jesus even says, the father had not left me, he's, he's here with me. I am in the father, the father's in me. The words are, the words are not mine, but they're the fathers that sent me. So, so Jesus is speaking the word and when you receive this word, it brings you into life. That's what this word does. And I believe that's exactly what Ezekiel was declaring here. And it says, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus saith the Lord Jehovah, behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, O my people, and I will bring you in the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am Jehovah when I've opened your graves. You shall know that I'm Jehovah when I've opened your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. Here's how you're going to live. He hath shed forth this. Peter says that you now see and hear speaking of the spirit, speaking of Christ. When Christ poured out his spirit, when the day of Pentecost came, his spirit came and got in us. And we know, and that's what Jesus said, speaking of the Spirit, we're going to know. We're going to know that he's in us, we're, we're in him, and he's in the Father. John 14, which we've looked at so many times. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, and you shall know I, Jehovah, have spoken it and performed it, saith Jehovah. And that's what we know. We know that he performed this. We know this is his work. We know he is the resurrection that he raised up us up out of death and brought us into life. 
Now, now this was spoken to old covenant Israel and Jesus came under the law. He came as a Jew. He was born under the law, born of the tribe of Judah. And he was the resurrection. He was whom the prophets prophesied of that was going to raise Israel back up. Glory to God. And that Israel was going to flourish as a rose. You know, in, in the book of Isaiah, it speaks of, of rivers of water coming into Israel and the desert becoming blossom as a rose, becoming life-given water in several different places in the book of Isaiah. All this is fulfilled in Christ because he has brought us up out of the desert of humanity and into his life. And he came to the natural Israel, and the first Christians were Jews. Peter, Paul, James, John, they were of the tribes of Israel, natural Israel. But they began to see that the land, the place that they were being brought into was a place of the Spirit. And they began to write that. You know, the writer of Hebrews says, we've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, in Hebrews chapter 12. Well, we, we didn't physically go to the, the literal Mount Zion, and Paul declares this to, to Galatian, the Jerusalem that is above and the Jerusalem that is below. So we understand that he's speaking of the Spirit, that, that how we come into the land of promise the land where God is the Lord, hallelujah, where the Lord is there, which, which the book of Ezekiel speaks of later in the book, that the Lord is there. That's, that's what we've come to. The Lord is here. He's here in our midst. He's within us. We're in a place where the Lord is. Like I said, at that day, you'll know I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Now, honey, the Lord is here. And so this word of life that is spoken into our hearts, it brings forth of itself. And if it's a word of life, it's going to bring forth life. You know, one, one other thing in the book of Daniel, back where we were at, you know, he told Daniel, he said, but you, Daniel, shut up these words and seal the book until the time of the end. When the book of Revelation, you see a book being opened. I believe it's the book of life. I believe it's the new covenant because in the law was death and second Corinthians three tells us that in the spirit is life. So, so we are, what's open to us is a book of life. Christ is the book of life. So when he's open to us, when we begin to see him by the spirit of God, we see resurrection and life. We come up out of the graves of humanity, the graves of Adam and we come into the glorious life of Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. That's what we do. We come up out of humanity, out of the natural man, the earthly man, and we're joined to the Lord from heaven. We're joined to the heavenly one, the Lord from heaven. We're his body. We are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. These bones in Ezekiel are joined bone to its bone. 
they come together. See, see, all that is speaking of, of a people, I believe, being formed in Christ, being formed in him. That's where we come together to be the expression of him. We come into a land, into this great high place in God, this great mountain of the Lord, Mount Zion, to express the living one who's living in our midst. We're the people that, I, that Ezekiel and Isaiah both saw that the Lord is there because the Lord is now come. As he said in the prophets, lo, I come and I will dwell in the midst. And that's what he is. He's in the midst of us. He dwells within us. It just takes my mind to Revelation. I believe it's chapter 5. And John saw the Lamb in the midst of the throne, in the midst of the elders. I believe in the midst of those that were glorifying him. See, that's the power of this thing. He is in the midst. He is the resurrection, and he's what brings us up out of humanity, out of the mind of man into the mind of God. To where there's just abundance of life flowing. Glory to God. Anyway, I'll stop right here right now and we'll pick this up again next week. And may the Lord just richly, richly bless you. Amen.